September 7th, 2020, Labor Day, Mabel Mays passed away and went straight to heaven. She leaves behind one daughter, Jennifer Mays, age 30, one granddaughter, Amelia Mays, age 7, one grandson, Zion Mays, age 5, and one son, Jonathan Mays, age 37. My mom um, was everything to me. And I thought that it was only right that I do a podcast that I've been trying to do for the last 11 days because, uh, you know, this happened 11 days ago. And uh, it's been the 11 hardest days of my life. Every day that I wake up, I wish that it wasn't true. I wish that she was still here. But it is true. You know, she's gone. She's gone from this earth. She's gone from this plane of, of existence. She's went on to heaven. She's went on to glory. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, she she wanted to uh, to go to heaven. Um, she talked about that all the time, about how she wanted to uh, go be with her sister, Renee Lynn, and her mama, Geraldine Frazier, and her dad, Raymond Frazier, 
and her sister, Rainy Mae Frazier. You know, she wanted to go be with all her family members in heaven, including my father, John Mays, who uh, passed away in 1996. So, you know, it was important for her to uh, go be with her loved ones. She missed them all so terribly. I think especially the last couple of years, um, you know, her sister was the last one to pass away in 2017. And uh, I know that that, was, that particular death was really hard on her, um, and it weighed very heavy on her. Um, and uh, it was very hard for her to cope without uh, my, my aunt. And she talked about her every day, and I know she probably thought about her all, all day. I know that because that's how I feel about my mom right now. You know, I think about her constantly. You know, someone mentions her to me, you know, every day. It's still pretty fresh, though. You know, it's been 11 days. I've had some time to decompress. But uh, it's still in my every waking thought, you know, just thinking about my mom. You know, and I'm going to start from the beginning and, uh, you know, go through what happened, what I think happened, what I was told that happened. And uh, I thought that it was very important that I do this podcast. You know, I probably should have done it a lot sooner, to be honest with you. Because like I said, she passed away 11 days ago. And uh, I really just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, like a lot of other things that I've been putting off because, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I just don't want to accept this to be true. And uh, I still want to just wake up. And, uh, you know, it's all been like a long, a very long, very, you know, horrible dream. And uh, I'll call her on the phone and I'll tell her about it. You know, I'll tell her about her funeral, how we went to it and how I, I just had so many bad days. And then, you know, she'll laugh and tell me, well, I'm OK. I'm not dead yet. And, uh, you know, make a joke and we'll both laugh. And uh, I don't know. The, the truth is that Mabel Mays is dead. She's not coming back. And um, it's as hard as it is, it's something that I need to accept. And uh, probably the most adult thing I've ever had to do in my life, I thought that uh, my father passed away back in 1996. So around 24 years ago. Um... And uh, at the time, I thought that was the hardest thing that I ever was going to have to deal with. But, and it was the hardest thing I ever had to deal with. But over time, you know, uh, it's nothing compared to how I feel right now. And as, as close as I was to my dad, and he, I was probably closer to him than any other man, 
you know, I wasn't as close to him like I'm close to my mom. And it just, it's going to take some getting used to her not being here. So you're really going to have to, you know, bear with me. I'll try to like start at the beginning and uh, I don't want this to be a super long podcast. You know, I've already had my mom's funeral. I spoke at, you know, I spoke or I delivered her eulogy. And, uh, you know, I dwell on it enough. Like I said, it's something that it I feel it every day. So I don't want to just keep, you know, I want to move on from this. So... That's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, that's, that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to get through this podcast and move on. Um, so it must have been around, I'd say, well, first... Let me start at the beginning. Monday morning, Labor Day. Like I said, it was Labor Day. Started off like any other regular day. I said, I'm going to do a podcast today. I'm going to do an episode of Johnny Knows Best. I had just posted one, I think, like a day or two before. Um, episode 63, I think. Go check that out. if you Listen to this first because finish this one. But um, I had po- posted a podcast that morning. I said, I'm going to record another podcast. And either post it later on in the day um, or post it uh, tomorrow, the next day, which would have been Tuesday the 8th. But uh, I had a guest lined up, uh, Jessica Clare. Shout out to Jessica. Um, and uh, I was just waiting to talk to her. I had to wait till a certain time when she was available. And uh, I got a call on my phone, and it was from the nursing home. And, uh, you know, it's not unusual for the nursing home to call me because whenever my mom, if she slips out of her chair or falls out of bed, which happens on a regular or which happened on a regular, I should say. Um, so it's not unusual for the nursing home to call me any time of day. And a lot of times it'll be in the middle of the night. Sometimes it'll be before day. So it's, it's not unusual. And, um, I didn't uh, panic when I saw there was a nursing home, uh, but when I answered, uh, it was the Mary Cooper, the director of nursing. Okay, this is when I still didn't panic, but it's kind of unusual for the director of nursing to call you. So I immediately thought something was wrong, but Mary said, you know, Jonathan, I'm nothing's wrong. I'm just calling you like I have to call everyone and let you know that your mom's latest COVID test, her COVID-19 test that they have to take every two weeks, came back negative. Your mama is fine. I just saw your mama. She even mentioned that. I just saw your mama. Your mama's okay. You know, and then she went on to say that there were two people in the nursing home that had a uh, con- contracted uh, COVID-19. They tested positive, but they didn't have any symptoms. They were not sick at all. 
and they were nowhere close to where my mom was. They were on the other side of the building. And uh, some of y'all know the nurse home is a big-ass building. So I had to take her at her word on that part. But I was like, okay, if she's fine and she tested negative, I'm going to let that go. So I got off the phone with Mary, and uh, I said, okay. Went on with the rest of my day. Everything going good. Had a good day that that morning. I remember that. Um, it's kind of a blur what all I did, but I remember that the day w- went. It started off pretty good. Started off unusual, which anytime I start having like a good day, like early in the morning like that, it always makes me think that something shitty is going to happen. Before the, or any of the rest of y'all like that, like you start having a, a good day. But uh, then you think to yourself, something's about to happen. Well, uh, you know, that afternoon, so around like 2 o'clock, I think, me and Jessica, shout out to Jessica Claire, you know, um, we got on uh, Anchor and we did an episode. We had a conversation. It's an episode or a conversation that I still haven't posted because of the circumstances of what happened. Um, we talked for maybe about 30 minutes, had some audio issues, but it was a pretty good conversation. I'm, I'm still going to post it at some point, but I had to do this episode ahead of, of, of that one. Um, I probably will post the conversation I had with Jessica, you know, this past weekend, but I'm assuming something that I will figure out way after the fact, way after everything calmed down was that mama must have passed away while I was talking, while I was doing this podcast with Jessica. It had to be around the same time. And I wouldn't know that till later on. So, like I said, I talked to Jessica, you know, for however long it was, 25, 30 minutes. It wasn't a long, long time. Got off the phone with her. I said, okay, I'm going to take a nap. Then I'm going to wake up, you know, edit this podcast because it has some issues in it where we got cut off a couple of times. So I'm going to put it together and post it probably. And so I took a nap and then my phone rang. Not too long after I had uh, dozed off. And uh, it was a nurse home again. So at this point, I'm still not like panicking. Because, you know, I had talked to Mary Cooper earlier. She told me mama was fine. Told me her COVID test came back negative. There's no reason for me to get upset or panic. And and in fact, what I was thinking, you know, the second time they called was this is probably mama because it's around the time she would call me. She called me in the afternoon a lot of times. Um, she would call me when first shift was leaving and second shift was coming in. That's usually around the time she would call me, around 3 o'clock. So it, there's nothing like out of the ordinary. So I answered the phone and it's not mama. It's uh, I believe it was Leanne who happened to be the RN. Um, Leanne McLeod, but she has another last name now because she's married. And I'm sorry, Leanne, I can't think of your last name. But it used to be Leanne McLeod. But anyway, Leanne is like, Jonathan, um, you know, we went in to check your mom a few minutes ago. And, uh, you know, she has expired. And uh, I said she has a, and maybe it wasn't Leanne. It could have been 
Tanisha I was talking to. It was one of them. I don't really know because I went in a shock. Now, the, these, this series of events is kind of a blur, so I don't know if it was Leanne or Tanisha that I was talking to. I don't want to say the wrong person. And then, you know, they get upset. They'll be like, no, I was the one that called and uh, told you this. But it was either one. It was one or the other. So I was like, Leanne or Tanisha, I was like, what's going on? And they were like, you know, your mom has is non-responsive. Now, to most people, they were, this is the point they were losing their, their shit. But that has happened, too, with my mama. They, you know, she's been unresponsive before. Me, you know, more than one time. And after a while, you know, they'll she'll come to you, she'll wake up. She would get in these periods where she would uh, be in uh, like such a deep sleep to where it would be like to the point where you thought she had passed away, but she was asleep and then she would just come out of it. And, uh, you know, one such time happened back in February of this year where uh, they called me at like four o'clock in the morning, like way before the sun even came up and told me that uh, my mom was unresponsive. And I was like, is, is that, what does that mean? Is she going to be okay? And the lady said, no, sir, she's not going to be okay. As if to say that, you know, maybe she hadn't passed away, but she's about to pass away. And uh, we flew to Enterprise, me and my sister, in like 10, 15 minutes we got from Dothan Enterprise, which is impossible unless you, you're speeding, you're going like 150 miles an hour and going through every red light, in which we did probably. And we didn't get stopped, but it was just a miracle that we didn't get stopped or die that day. And then we get to the uh, the uh, nursing home, and Mama's not even at the nursing home anymore because, you know, they don't take her to the hospital. So we drove from the nursing home to the hospital, and we get into the hospital, and she's sitting up laughing at us. She don't came to... She was just in a deep sleep, and she was fine. And um, that was back in February. So I'm thinking this is another, this is another, like, such event that where she's just in some kind of a deep sleep, and they haven't been able to wake her up yet, and they're, and they're panicking and not knowing what to do. So... I was like, okay, well, I keep talking to Tanisha or Leanne. Like I said, I don't know which one it, it was. Um, and maybe if, if they listen to this episode, they can uh, clear clear that part up for me. Which one of y'all was I talking to? But because they kind of sound very similar, and uh, they're both black women who are RN, so I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but. Uh, she said, you know, your mom is unresponsive. She's a no code. And I said, so what does that mean? What are you saying to me? Like, do I need to try to get meet y'all at the hospital or, or the EMTs? Have they already come to get her? You know, or are they, you know, trying to revive her? What are you what are you saying to me? And she was like, well, it's too late for all that. She's expired. And I said, she's expired. And she's like, yeah, she's passed. 
And when I tell you that this shit hit me like a ton of bricks, you, you, you ever heard the expression, you get hit with a ton of bricks or you get hit by a bus, that's how it was when they told me this. Like, And uh, how I didn't have a seizure and died right then, I'll never know. But I didn't. I didn't die. I didn't pass out. I didn't lose consciousness. Um, I think I didn't have any response because what do you say to that? And after like a minute or two, Leanne or uh, Tanisha, they go, Jonathan, are you okay? And I say, yeah, I'm okay. And uh, they were like, uh, well, can you get up here? And I said, yeah, I'll be right there. I'm in Dothan. It might take me a while because I got to get someone, you know, to, to, to run me from Dothan Enterprise because, you know, I can't, you know, I can't drive myself. So I called my sister. No answer. You know, this is like, like I said, this is like three o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of people or getting off work. Some people are going to work. Um, I think my sister was off that day anyway, but it's not unusual to call her and not get immediate response either. So I must've called when I couldn't get a response. Like I said, I must've called like six, seven other people. I was just calling like random people on my phone. And uh, most of them didn't answer because it was, you know, Monday afternoon on Labor Day. You know, some people having barbecues probably during that time. And most people did not answer. And uh, I think the first person that I called that answered the phone was my boss, uh, uh, my boss, Keith. He answers the phone and he goes, hey, Johnny, he must have been off work because I can't imagine him answering while they're busy at, you know, while they're busy during a during Labor Day at McDonald's. So he must not have been at work at all. And I go, hey, Keith, I was like, uh, you know, my mom just passed away. And then, you know, I think my voice was trembling. I probably was on the verge of like crying. And he talked to me for a few minutes, said, where are you? Are you by yourself? And I said, yeah, I just need to, uh, you know, get in touch with some somebody in my family because I've been calling people. They're not answering the phone. The worst possible time to not answer the phone. And I said, I, I got to get the enterprise. And so I got off the phone with him and then talked to a few other people in succession. Talked to my friend Tiffany. I was like, Tiffany, mama's died. I need to get the enterprise now. And so she was going to come. Tiffany was in enterprise. She was going to come from enterprise to Dothan and uh and get me and then i finally get in touch with somebody in my family my cousin lanier and i said you know mom's passed away and she was like what and then i was like yeah she's a you know she's a no code and lanier said which one of y'all made her a no code you know that was just her response like everybody respond to this news differently some people are like in shock some people were upset some people were in disbelief. Some people were angry. Some people didn't have, some people no sold it. There were, you know, there's a certain individual that I called and she didn't really even like, like sell it. Like it didn't really like phase her at all. And, uh, but I'm not even gonna bring that up. But 
anyway, I still haven't talked to my sister at this point. I told Lanier, you know, can you get in touch with Jennifer? Because I've called a couple times. And, uh, you know, me and my sister have went through some some bullshit like a week or two, like the week before this. So I hadn't spoken to my sister in a few days. And she probably thought I was calling about that stuff. And so I'm not saying that that's what she thought, but she didn't answer the phone. And uh, Lanier was like, yeah, I'll get in touch with Jennifer. I'll get Jennifer or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I got off the phone. You know, by this time, it probably like a half hour has passed by. And I'm like, just I'm still just calling people, calling people. And, um, so, talk to a few other people. I don't really, I can't really tell you specifically who I talked to. I know certain people that I definitely talked to, but I think then I was just calling people at random, just out of shock or whatever. And so, um, my cousin Ladeer called me back and she was like, uh, how are you getting Enterprise? I was like, I got a friend coming from Enterprise. And she would say, call her back and tell her don't come. You know, I'm already in Dothan. I can come by and get you. And she did. And she took me to Enterprise. And uh, by that time, my sister had got up there. And uh, from what I hear, when they got in touch with my sister, she was just screaming at the top of her lungs because, you know, she didn't take it well at all, which I understand. Um, I certainly wanted to scream also, but I was thinking to myself, someone has to keep their wits about them, someone, because you got to talk to the people, find out what happened. I said, that's got to be me, because Jennifer's going to break down, so I got to kind of keep myself together. And uh, I was together for the most part. Like, I was still kind of, I really do think I was in shock. I've never been in shock before, but this must have been what it it feels like to be in shock, to be honest with you. And uh, got up there, me and my sister embraced. Um, You know, like I said, we had gone through some shit a couple of days before, some petty stuff that's not even important now in the grand scheme of things. And it wasn't important. It was like, that was all forgotten instantly. And, uh, you know, we got to the door of the nursing home. They took everybody's temperature because, you know, COVID-19 is still going on. They can't just let you in the building even after somebody passes. They got to take everyone's, you know, temperature individually before they can let you in. So we go inside the nursing home. And um, my whole family, by this time, you know, my mom's brothers, uh, my cousin, my sister, her boyfriend, it's a bunch of us up there now. And we all go into the nursing home, we go down the hall, go in my mama's room, and there's a body in the bed. And uh, it's my mom's body, but it, this body or a uh, husk, I should say, it looked like my mom, but it definitely wasn't my mama. Because my mama was always, even when she's asleep, she's like larger than life. You can feel her aura when you walk in the room. 
and um, th- this was just a body. It might as well be in one of those, uh, you know, lo- those lifelike mannequins. Um, it-, it was just, you know, and my sister was crying hysterically. You know, she broke down at the foot of the bed, and uh, I put my hand on my mama's hand, and it was cold because there was nothing there. There was no soul, no spirit, no essence. All that was gone. You know, it, the, all that had really left, and, and it was just a husk, a body. And uh, I bent down, I kissed her on the forehead, and I said, goodbye, mama, like that. But mama had already left. Mama had left hours before, a couple of hours before we even got up there. You know, she was gone in every sense of the word. So, you know, then other people like CNAs and other nurses started filing the room and uh, they were saying, well, you know, um, Mabel was arguing with her sister and uh, her, her, her mother like earlier in the day, I guess she was having a bad dream or whatever and she was arguing with them. And I said, you know, they both have already passed on. My grandma passed in uh, 2009 and my aunt, like I said, passed away in 2017. And uh, and my mom would often talk to them and uh, have arguments with them Um, because especially this past year, you know, she's been having some uh, cognitive, uh, you know, issues with her, her, her mind, I guess where um, she she's, has thought that people that have passed away are still alive. And so she was having a conversation with them just that morning. I, I said, you know, yeah, she's probably arguing with my aunt. You know, as soon as, as soon as she got to heaven, they probably were arguing about something. Probably up there arguing. Something to that effect, that's what I said, and everybody started laughing. I said, okay, I made a few people laugh. It's time for me to go. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I've seen enough. I said, I'm going to go outside and get some air. And I really was trying hard not to throw up because I'm still in shock. I walk down the hall, people are coming up to me, hugging me. And it's just like, it this, it's like a movie or just like a, a dream that you're actually living through. It didn't seem like it was really me or that I was really experiencing it. So I went outside, um, my niece and nephew, my sister's kids, they had stayed outside with my uncle, um, my mom's brother, because we didn't want the kids to go in and see a body, because that will traumatize little kids. Like I said, they're seven and five, so you don't want them to see a dead body, and they're not going to understand all they understood that my grandma or their grandma had passed and went to heaven. They're not going to understand a dead body. And it's probably going to traumatize them and give them nightmares, to be honest. So I, um, I went outside and I told my uncle, you know, if he wanted to go in and see his sister, he could go in. I'll stay out there with the kids. And I did. And I had a talk with Zion and Amelia. And I said, well, your granny's going to heaven now. And I said, your granny's going to be with uh, your other granny, my aunt, who was like their first grandma, um, or like their grandma too when she was alive. 
And I said, they're all, they're together now. They're in heaven. They're angels, um, both of them. And they weren't upset. They were like, yeah, they understand. And and they asked me, they said, are you sad that she's not here? I was like, yeah, I'm sad. You know, that was my mama. You know how you talk to kids, but you can't really tell them exactly how you feel. Because they're, like I said, they're not going, they understand what's going on, but only to a certain point. And then they say, yeah, mama was crying bad. And I say, yeah, your mom's upset, you know, but we're going to get them, uh, we're going to get her through it. We, we're going to help your mama. We're going to be there for your mama. Right? And I had, I talked to the kids and it actually made me feel better to talk to them. And uh, they they say, you know, your mama's in heaven. She's with God, Uncle Johnny. And I was like, yeah, she is, I guess. And so then everybody came out. I was like, well, I'm going to go back in. Not everybody done came out. And I know my mom or her body is in there by, by herself. I didn't want her to be in there by herself. You know, because they're waiting on the funeral home to come get the body. And I didn't want her to be there by herself, so I went back in to go sit with her. Like, I sat with her, you know, millions of times before when she was alive. Or thousands of times, I should say. Um, and I sat in a room, and I talked to her. And uh, I would like to tell you what I said to her, but I really can't remember. Like I said, it's kind of a blur because I was still in shock, I guess. I called my friend Erica. Shout out to Erica. Um, Erica Williams. Uh, I talked to Erica while I was sitting in there with my mom. I said, you know, she's just not, she's she's gone. It's just a body. And uh, Erica said some very sweet things. And uh, it calmed me down a lot just talking to her because she used to be a CNA and she knew my mom and my mom knew her and it calmed me down some, you know, where I wasn't so upset. But I didn't want to just leave my mom alone. And uh, I sat in there for what must have been like almost an hour. Um, and I went back outside. Finally, I walked back outside because I was like, well, everybody might be waiting on me. I get back outside, everybody gone. <laughs> and I'm like, like, everybody had dipped. Uh, my sister and them had went back to Dothan. My um, my cousin went back to her house. Like, okay, I, I still got to get back to Dothan because, you know, I'm, I don't live in an enterprise. I got to get back to, you know, my place or where I'm staying at. So... I called my friend Brandy. Shout out to Brandy. Um, and she came. And I was like, I know you just got off of work, but I really need to get back to Dothan. I was like, I know I had talked to her already, so she knew my mom had passed. And uh, she was like, I'll take you back to Dothan. And we went. Uh, I, said, I said, I probably should eat something because I hadn't eaten anything. I don't even think that morning I had anything to eat because usually what I've been doing here lately is trying to go as long as I can without eating anything because I was trying to lose weight or I've been trying to lose weight before all this happened and I hadn't even eaten at that point. So Brandy took me 
We went to Sonic. Um, got some stuff from Sonic I never heard of, and a pork chop sandwich. And I said, and I'm gonna get a burger for later. And we got some food, and we rode back to Dothan. You know, listening to music, and uh, I think across the roads. Uh, by Bones Thugs and Harmony came on the radio and I said, I don't want to listen to that. And she changed the station. And then like Dear Mama by Tupac came on. Just like all, every mama or every mama song or every death song that you could possibly ever heard of just came on uh, her, uh, her random, I guess it was a music off her phone randomly, but it was just like stuff. I didn't really want to listen to. And she was listening to some of her music. And we got back to Dothan. And uh, she dropped me off. And she said, are you going to be okay? Like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. And uh, I don't remember going to sleep that night. But I must have fell asleep at some point. And I talked to a few more people. And uh, yeah, then the next few days, they you know, they were like, we, uh, my mom had life insurance, but she had only paid, you know, so much into her insurance. So the insurance would cover some of the uh, funeral, but we had to come out of the pocket for the rest of it. And, uh, we had to make the funeral preparations. Like we couldn't afford to bury my mom. We had to cremate her. Um, but like her service had to be rushed because we had to go with the funeral home to, you know, where we could get a discount. Um, my uncles and my cousin and people that actually had money, cause me and my sister, we didn't have any money. And, uh, you know, to put in the pot really, cause we're, we're, me and my sister are check to check. Like a lot of folks listening to this show, we're, you know, most of us are check to check. We don't have like a whole lot of money saved up. Um, so we had to put a rush on the service and uh, the service was that Thursday or like this past Thursday, um, not yesterday, but you know, last week. And uh, at a Sorrel's funeral home, white funeral home, and uh, it was a nice service. It really was. I got up and uh, I spoke. I was really adamant about that. And everybody was like, okay, well, you can get up there and speak, but you, you need to like try to keep it under three minutes. I don't know why everybody kept saying that to me. Like, why there had to be like a time limit on how much I could talk about my mama. Well, my mama was my everything. And uh, the, that shit bothered me for days. But I was like, well, when I do get up there to talk, I'm going to talk as long as I want. Like, I feel like nobody can, nobody's going to, like, come up there and stop me from talking once I get up there. And uh, so I think I ended up, when I did the eulogy, I ended up going, like, eight minutes, I think. Maybe ten minutes. I don't know. But it, I went well over three minutes uh, and nobody ever mentioned it to me after the fact, so I don't think it was that big a deal. Um, I don't even know why they kept saying that to me. But, you know, she had a nice turnout. Everybody that wanted to come from the nursing home, they were not able to come, you know, because of COVID-19. The uh, administrator of the nursing home said that if anybody that had, was scheduled to work that Thursday 
actually went to the service, they would be uh, suspended seven days without pay. Um, so a lot of people that wanted to come to the service were not able to come because, you know, that guy made that eat it or whatever, that, you know, people would be suspended seven days without pay. Now, I understand that. Now, I don't understand why he, you know, his his stupid rule or whatever, but I understand why people didn't come because, you know, my mom wouldn't want people to, you know, get suspended or lose their job just so they could come to her service. So anyone listening to this, if you wanted to be there at her service, but for whatever reason you couldn't come because, you know, that guy made that rule because of COVID-19, I understand. I was never upset at people that couldn't come because of that. Um, I'm not really upset at anybody that couldn't come. I know funerals are tough. Everybody can't deal with funerals. Um, honestly, unless it's like an immediate family, I avoid funerals. I don't like going. Unless it's like a close personal friend or immediate family member, I tend to kind of like stay away from them myself. So I understand what you're going through. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nice service. It was quick to the point. You know, that's the way my mom would have wanted it. She got her uh, yellow roses that she loved. She got it, Amazing Grace was sung at the end. Those are the only two things that when talking to my mom, that she would mention every time I would talk to her and she would talk about her funeral. She said she wanted Amazing Grace song and she wanted Yellow Roses. And she got both of those things. So, And then I got to talk about her and uh, tell about, tell certain people how close we were. And um, I think it helped me to talk about her. I didn't write it down. Like people told me to write a speech. I didn't want it to uh, come off like a speech I wanted to come from my heart. So I just got up and I talked like I'm talking now. You know, I'm very unaccustomed to public speaking, but I know how to talk and run my mouth. And uh, I talked to him about my mom, how much she meant. And um, yeah, then we went back, had the little reception, which I didn't want to go to, but I felt like know since these people are pretty much paid for their service and I didn't have a lot of money to put in I should at least you know make an appearance at the uh what do you call it not reception but you know the little dinner that people have after someone dies um you know after somebody's funeral um so I went made my appearance there didn't stay long and uh, my friend Natalie, shout out to Natalie, she, uh, who showed up that day, didn't ask her to really even come. She was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at your mama's service. And that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me that Natalie could be there and Brandy and, you know, other friends that came. Um, it meant a lot to me on uh, many different levels. It meant a lot. And uh, I've told them all that personally, but now I'm saying it publicly on this podcast that uh, if anybody that talked to talked to me during that time, anybody that showed up to my mom's service, like uh, I know people like Ashley and uh, 
Jayla and you know there's lots of folks that came that didn't even have to come but they 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 wanted to show appreciation for my mom and they wanted to show love for me and they they came and it meant a lot to me but uh yeah so after the funeral that's when it really started to hit me that she was gone. I know one one morning I woke up and just I was hysterical crying. And I got out and I walked around Dothan. I walked around the circle. And uh, for like two hours, maybe three hours, I walked around um, and um, tried to make sense of it. And I still can't make sense of it. Even after all this time, it's still hard to believe that she's gone, and I'm gonna miss her every day for the rest of my life, whether that's a few months or a few years or a few decades. I'm gonna miss my mom forever, and uh, think about her every day until I get to go to heaven and see her again. But um, and uh, it's hard on my sister, who's going through multiple things right now. Um, which I won't talk about because it's not my place to talk about it. But she's going through a whole lot of different stuff. And I just want to be there for her. And I want to be there for my niece and my nephew. Because, uh, you know, Mabel Mays was my greatest purpose in life, was to be her son and to take care of her. I've I've taken care of my mom my whole life. And... um, Now, I have to try to live the rest of my life without her, and it's going to be hard. Um, We were very close. You know, before the pandemic, I was up there every day and uh, never went, even after the pandemic started, I never went more than two or three days without talking to my mom. That's how close we were. And, uh, you know, that was you know and uh has their parents and they're they're close to your parents and uh you wondering you don't can't even imagine how it would feel for your mom or your your dad that someone that you're close to to pass away once it happens it will change you fundamentally especially if you're close to them um, I know it's changed me on every level. Uh, the person I was before Labor Day uh, last Monday is gone. I'm not that Jonathan anymore. I'm a different Jonathan. I really don't know who I am without my mom. Um, but I got to figure it out. And uh, I'm going to do my best to figure it out. And, uh, you know, my mom would always tell me to get alive. You know, go find, you know, don't worry about me. Don't, she didn't want to be a burden to me. My mom, my mom didn't understand is she was never a burden to me. It was my greatest pleasure in life to be her son, um, to, to be there for her, to spend time with her. She was my best friend. And so she was never a burden to me. It was a, it was an honor to be her son to do stuff for her. 
to see about her. Um, and I enjoyed every moment I spent with her. Even before, and I'm not just saying that because she passed away. I felt this way before she died. I tell her that. And she wouldn't believe me, but it's the truth. And I'm saying it now because it's the truth. Um, you know, this audio that I played right at the beginning, I'm going to play a little bit at the end so you can get like a sense of our relationship. Um, it's unmatched. And we were closer than any two mother and son could be. And uh, I know I'm going to see her again someday. But uh, I don't know how long that's going to be. And th that's the hard thing. Um, you know, it could be some time um, before I see her again. But life goes on. You got to keep going. Um, you know, you can't give up it's because you lose someone. It's just hard to pick up the pieces, but you got to some kind of way. That's what I'm figuring out every day. People say, take it one day at a time. It's a process. I'm trying to take it one day at a time. And uh, I'm glad I got this podcast. I'm glad I did an episode of my podcast with my mom. I think it was like my seventh episode. Um, it was way back in 2015. Um, that's where that audio comes from. I'm glad I have several videos on Facebook with my mom. I'm glad I had all the great conversations that we had. Like, I documented all that. I have hundreds of photos, and it's just like the memories are fresh in my mind. And hopefully, even with my brain says, they stay fresh in my mind. Because, uh, you know, as long as you have memories, you know, the person will stay alive to you. But it's just hard. But I'm going to figure it out. Um, don't worry about me. Don't feel bad for me. Keep praying for me. But just know that I'm going to figure it out. And don't feel sad because I had the greatest mother of all time, Mabel Mays. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I'm going to play some more Mabel to end the show. And um, Johnny Knows Best is going to keep going because my mom supported me um, doing this show. She loved that I was doing this show. She came on. She was great at it. And uh, I'm probably never going to have a guest as, as, as good as Mabel Mays. So uh, I'll holler. I'll talk to y'all later. And uh, here's some more of my mom. No, you know, I don't want to talk to you, Max. But I can't do the show with the TV on in the background. Can you turn it down? I'm going to turn it off. Can you turn it off? I don't want the mic. The people are not going to be able to hear you with the TV on in the background, is what I'm saying. Huh? Okay. Now, can you hear me? Okay. All, all you need to do is just talk clearly and enter the phone, okay? Yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you for uh, listening. I'd like to introduce my very, very special guest, uh, Mabel Mays. Um, this is my mother, by the way, um, as most people would know, but some people might not know. This is my mother, Mabel Mays.
Mabel Mays, welcome to Johnny Knows Best. Thank you for being on the show. Say something. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, Mabel Mays <laughs> has been my mother my whole life. Um, I, lo- I love her very, very much. Um, I just came from uh, up there at the nursing home. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but uh, my mom... She actually had a stroke uh, back in uh, 2010. Oh, four. 2004. Oh, you're right, right, right. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Mama, for correcting me, as you usually do. She had a stroke back in 2004, and so she's been in the nursing home since 2004. So that's, well, 2016. So you've been there for 12 years now? It'll be 12 years out to 27. August the 27th? Ah, uh, it'll be 12 years. Wow. August the 27th, we also had my sister have her birthday. And also your sister's birthday. Wow. Um, I did not realize you had been there that long, but even though you're you're disabled, you can still, you can get around a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with your mind, right? Correct? Yeah. No, it's not. You're a very sharp person. And, um... Say what now? I appreciate that. Well, I always always tell people that my mother is a very intelligent person. And, uh, when people people call me intelligent and articulate, I always say I get it from my mom. You know, um, just the other day, uh, somebody asked me at work how to spell something, and um, I forget what the word was. They asked me how to how do you spell something, whatever the word was, and um, I told them that uh, I'm not the speller in my family. My mom is a speller. She probably could tell you better than I could. I can't do it no more. You can't spell good anymore. Or spell well. It, what's the correct term? Is it spell good or spell well, mother? How do you? Well, you can't spell well anymore. Mm-mm. Well, I can't do it. I lost it somewhere in between. I lost. I lost. In between strokes, because you had another stroke later on. Well, but you told me I didn't know you had one. But you were dying in both of us. Because I thought you had another one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you did have a second stroke. And, um... I always win those five. I'd be trying. Well, um, you just got to keep practicing. Maybe you'll get to the point to where... You know, you'll be the number one speller at uh, Enterprise Health and Rehab, and you'll start out spelling everybody, and you'll be the champion. I believe you can do it. You just got to keep practicing and keep working at it. But um, I believe in you. Um, you know. Now, 
But uh, you're also probably one of my closest friends. If not, if not my closest friend, my best friend. Um, I always tell you stuff. You know, and I, I do have a lot of people I call my best friend, and people like Tiffany and Ann and other people. But you're probably you're you're pretty much my best friend in the way that I always have to when I get good news. I always have to share it with you first. Um. So I just want you to know that I consider you to be a very close, not only my mother, but I consider you to be probably one one of, if not my closest friend. You're, you know. I mean that for real. I'm not just saying that because we're on the radio show right now. I really do mean that. Uh, you know, when I worry about you, when I don't hear from you, like, the whole time when I was on my trip, when I went to WrestleMania and I was gone for five days, I didn't, I didn't hear from you. And um, I, I know you you didn't call me because you wanted me to enjoy my trip, but I was really starting to worry about you by that third or fourth day, you know, not hearing from you. I freak out when I, do, I go a few days without hearing from you. Wait, you, you couldn't call me? Yeah, I know, but I'm used to you calling me, though. That's how it works. You call me. It's easier for you to call me than for me to call you. So I'm used to that. And you have a telephone label, and I have a good six bits to get one. I don't I don't see how you see it. So in other words, I need to get you your own personal cell phone so, I can, uh, so you can call me, so I can call you directly. You're not going to know how to answer it if I get you one. Come, I can help, but I just can't see the dollar. My big ain't going to see the dollar. So, so if I get you like a, a old flip phone, because I know you, there's no point in getting you a smartphone, but if I get you like an old flip phone, you can answer that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Well, I can do that then. That's no problem. I'll, I'll get right on doing that. Um... But uh, you just can't, don't lose it, and you can't break it, Mama, if I get you one. Okay, okay baby. All right, uh, Mother's Day is coming up, is it not? It's May 8th. It's not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday. And um, I know you want your hair done, and uh, I know you want the yellow roses. Um, you probably will want to go out to eat, but I know I'm going to be working on Mother's Day. That be for Braves all day long. I already know that, as you know. So um, I might have to either come up there early that Sunday or late Saturday night and bring you your stuff. I know you don't want your hair done before then, but I'm talking about your other Mother's Day gifts. I'll probably have to come before then and spend some time with you. But that Sunday, I'm going to be working all day. I don't know what to, how to get out of it. I wish I could. Okay. But they already tripping. They say if you don't come in Mother's Day, they'll pretty much fire you or whatever, which, you know, well, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. Um, I don't know. Um, there's something else I wanted to ask you about why I had time to talk to you, but... Um, I'll tell you, I only have five lives left we might go quick at any time. Well, we go quick at any time, then you go take the phone back. 
Right now, I've got my mom on my show. I'm going to talk to her.